I'm Mick Danny. HR After Hours. Well, dress me in leather chaps and call me Pilgrim Hannah Hampton. How the heck are you today? <laughs> I am doing well. How are you and how's the wedding going? All right. So we're wedding planning. All right. So here, here we'll make this quick since we have a, a subject that might run a little long. So as I probably told you before, the, the wedding's very exciting and I'm ready. We're ready to go. It's less than a week away. But what has been just unbelievable is and first, let me preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I have an amazing group of women in my family who are all very intelligent strong, professional, amazing women. <laughs> now, with that being said, my God, it, it for the last three months, just th all of them going back and forth about the dress for the wedding, not the bride's dress, mind you, that was taken care of months ago, mm -hmm. but everyone debating on who's wearing what, and well, if you're wearing this color, I can't wear it. I mean, it's been ungodly. I mean, I don't know how many dresses I've had shipped in return for Mrs. Danzig, <laughs> but I thought everything was done, and, and let me just say she looks fabulous. I'm so excited, wow. and I can't wait to get our pictures taken, but then uh, I thought everything was done. And I, I, I thought she had purchased at least three or four purses to go with her dress, but I guess not. And so she walks into my office Thursday and she's like, hey, I want you to look at uh, some purses for me and give me my your feedback. And I looked right at her and I'm sitting at my desk and I was going through resumes and I just looked at her and I said, nope, and closed the door. <laughs> I am officially done with any consulting for fashion. And I am the family fashionista, believe it or not. But uh, I'm done. I'm ready. Let's go. How are things going with you and Mr. Hampton? Oh, things are great. No nothing as exciting as, as a family wedding. So, uh, yeah, so things are good here. But, I, you know, I do want to jump right into our topic today. So, Many of you have seen recently in the news, likely, the story about a professor uh, at Indiana University. Is that correct? Uh, professor Indiana University. You're, you're an alum, I understand, uh, from their College of Business, where this professor is uh, a part of the College of Business. But uh, a professor had posted some tweets uh, that were disparaging about women, people of color, and gay men. So on social media, this uh, professor had, had tweeted some comments that, that people found to be upsetting and will not lose his job. So I thought it'd be a great conversation. So I will, I'm gonna kick it off. I'm gonna tell you how it started. And it started with this individual tweeting about an article that he did not write, but an article that he had read. And the title of the article, Are Women Destroying Academia? Question mark. Probably. And then he, yes. And then he tweeted a quote, which I believe is from the article saying, geniuses are overwhelmingly male because they combine outlier high IQ with moderately low agreeableness and moderately low conscientiousness. So people were definitely upset by the tweet, dug into some additional tweets and learned that the uh, individual the professor had uh, written some tweets about gay men being 
promiscuous and unable to avoid abusing students and saying that black students are genetically inferior academically to white students. So this became a big ordeal. Nick, have you uh, have you heard about this? Tell me a little bit about uh, what you've learned and your thoughts on this. So as we discussed the last couple of weeks, it's an extremely yeah. busy time of year. So Certainly. when this story first broke, I actually got online and found some Indiana coverage because I really was curious to see, you know, since it with it being in uh, a Big Ten college that's in Bloomington, sure. Indiana, I really wanted to see how the story was covered. And this was the early on. This is before they found some additional things that this quote unquote. Uh, OK, so before the other tweets were kind of uh, unearthed. Yeah, the only thing that I was aware of when this story broke was the genius's quote that he tweeted and that some students were upset about it. So I, I watched the news story and I'll tell you, Hannah, it's so funny. It just shows where, you know, sometimes we just come from different perspectives and mm -hmm. I, I try to be optimistic and think people aren't this hateful and stupid. So I actually thought people were overreacting at first because I read okay. the first tweet completely differently. I thought all he was quoting was, so it says geniuses are overwhelmingly male because they combine outlier high IQ with, and I thought this, this, this end of this was the important piece, with moderately low agreeableness and moderately low conscientiousness. So what I thought this quote was saying is, we acknowledge more male geniuses because they have such poor social skills and they just uh, insist on putting themselves in the limelight and they don't care who they step on to get there. And so this is why you're aware of them. And so that was it. That's it was I just knew this isolated oh, that's interesting thing because I took it. At, so I took it as him saying basically that men have higher IQs you know, compared to women. So I took that first part. I was offended just immediately from the first part because they combine outlier high IQ. And I, I just felt like he was saying that women had a lower IQ than men, whether or not the low agreeableness and conscientious conscientiousness, which I also feel like that's, that's such a generality. I don't know if, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I immediately thought it was an offensive statement. I couldn't believe that this was an academic professional. <laughs> no. And, and then as Obviously, you were right, because as you look at the other things that he shared, um, they're all equally offensive. And so, yeah, I read into it the way I wanted it to read, I think. And I think it's it's a couple of things. I really try to find the more positive things. And honestly, maybe it is because I'm a white male and I just thought that no white male would tweet something this stupid um, <laughs> with everything that's been going on lately. And I mean, if anyone's ever seen a picture of this guy, I don't think he's had enough women in his life to show him otherwise, but anyone that's been fortunate enough like I have to have several great women in his yeah. lifetime around him, I already know women are smarter than men. That's why I think I misread it because I know most women that I work with or interact with uh, 
professionally are much smarter than me. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they keep me around sometimes just to make them look better. Now I'm seeing that, you know, as all the other things that have transpired and that he's tweeted, I think absolutely support the way you read it. So Hannah Hampton, yeah. once again, showing another woman I work with is smarter than me. So let's talk about the other pieces. So they're not going to fire him. Why? Well, the university stated that uh, they cannot or nor would they fire him for his post as a private citizen. And here's the interesting part is they said as vile and as stupid as they are. So the university acknowledged that the statements were very stupid and vile, but they said they cannot nor would they fire him because of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution forbids them to do so, which I find that to be really interesting uh, because from an HR perspective, certainly companies have the right to fire people for saying stupid things because the First Amendment protects protects people from being arrested and, uh, you know, throwing people into jail for saying stupid things. So it, it protects you from being affected in that regard. But certainly companies have the right to fire people and, ha and they have fired people for people saying stupid things on social media. So I was a little surprised learning that they did not terminate him. But, you know, here's the, on the flip side, and again, I, I find his statements to be disgusting and horrible, but they want to make sure that people can continue to share their own thoughts on things on social media. And I feel like they felt this would open up some can of worms. So they have decided to cite the First Amendment of the United States Constitution as the reason why they didn't terminate him. So it's, it's, it's just an interesting story. And, and the reason, again, the reason that it's become so uh, huge in the media is the fact that people wanted to see this individual fired and the guy continued to keep his job. Now, one of the things that they're doing is they're allowing students to drop his class or transfer if they would like to no longer be in his class. And they're stating that they're t working on protecting the students by having his assignments and papers uh, graded double-blinded so that he can't take any of his, his personal opinions on women, homosexuals, and, and African-Americans, taking that into, uh, into account when grading papers. So the whole thing is, is really interesting. I, you know, and, and I haven't done a lot of research, so I certainly, I want to dig deeper to learn a little bit more about uh, the decision and, and other factors that they might have taken in order to come to that decision. Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, there is no question that higher learning uh, has its own set of rules. We've seen historically cover up of different controversies because they don't want to impact enrollment. And schools have got themselves in trouble for the way they've dealt with date rape and, of course, fraternity situations. And they, they, they were able to go after the fraternities a little harder. But from a recruiting standpoint, I think what this comes down to, and I, I just thought of this while I was listening to you, this is their first effort to get this to go away. Okay? okay. So first and foremost, if my daughter, who's in her 20s, were in this professor's class and she told me that she was not comfortable there, uh, I think she absolutely should be able to get out of the class without any sort of academic penalty. So that that's sure. definitely needs to be – because we don't want – uh, our, well, it doesn't even have to be my, that's my daughter, but any students, because I mean, the, the guy has managed to attack 
everything but the white male. I mean, he's gone after sexual orientation. He's gone after race. I mean, this guy is a, a mental monster as far as I'm concerned. But what I think this is really about when they say that they're protecting, they're citing the First Amendment, they don't want it to impact their ability to recruit top professors. They don't want someone to go in and say, well, I can't go to teach at IU because incite this incident, that this gentleman was fired for this. I think that's a huge part of it. That's 100% speculation, though. I have no inside scoop. Maybe well, I'm and, wrong. You know, one of the things they did say real quick is that they said they'd be handling it different if he had said this in class. But the fact that it was, they said they would have investigated it if it would have happened in class. But the fact that it was on his his own personal social media, that's why they're allowing it, I guess. And this is a, I mean, there's all kinds of articles and we've already talked a little bit about social media and its impact on your employment. There's going to be a lot more on this because I don't think Mm -hmm. the last place that wants to be the one that sets a precedent on terminating over a tweet, Indiana University. They don't want this. They don't want this at all. They're, you know, they want it to go away. And honestly, I think there are going to be a couple more rounds of this. I think this was round one. And I think the general public and the parents of students and some of the students do not find this satisfactory and want more. And I think it's going to have to continue because right now I think they are only considering really their ability to attract top professors in the future. So now it's time for the parents and the students to say, we want change or we're not going to enroll in your university or I'm not going to continue to pay for my my child to be subject to this individual's you know hate speech, right? So I think it's got to go to that next level because I don't I think if it's allowed to sit here and Hannah, if you hadn't brought this back up to me earlier, I haven't heard anything about it in five, six days. So I was it was going away in my world. And now I'm looking at it and being forced to really check this out. And I am appalled. Mm. Uh, You know, absolutely. It's just it's I personally feel like this type of hate (laughs) should not be in our universities, whether or not the individual said it in a classroom or personally, because I certainly, you know, I, I would question I don't know. I just question this person's thought process and decision making. And I feel like it's very backwards. He's stuck in the 1800s with regards to his view on women and on minorities. And it, it's I agree with you. It's, it's I don't know. There's just no place in academia for this type of thought process. And I do understand, you know, some people might hit back and say, hey, people have the right to their own opinions. And certainly I agree with that fact is that everyone has the right to believe in what they believe. However, I I don't feel like it should apply to hate speech and I don't think it should apply to somebody who is molding young minds. So this is quite the interesting topic. And I feel like I'm sure there's been lots of debates uh, on the dinner table or lunch table uh, this past week when it came out. And it's certainly I, I definitely look forward to doing a little bit more research and digging deeper into this whole scenario. How would you feel if your child was enrolled at the Kelly School of Business right now? But they told you, let's say it's your son. And he's like, well, this guy's kind of a, a dork and no one really listens to him anyway. Um, but how would you what would your take as a parent be at this time? Well, certainly, you know, I would I would listen to my child. However, I would, I would tell them that they I would certainly encourage them to. If they wanted to drop the class, I would happily say you should drop the class if that's how you feel. 
But I would also encourage them to really critically think about what this person was saying. And I would try to teach them that it's not okay to hate. It's not okay to discriminate. And I do feel like that's where his his mindset was. I mean, him, I feel that this is a professor who feels that men are superior to women. And it disgusts me. And I certainly wouldn't want my son to feel that way uh, about women. So I would I would definitely use this as a teaching moment. And I would hope, you know, and again, I don't have children, but I would hope that I had instilled into my son uh, the idea and understanding and the knowledge that everyone should be tweet, treat, tweeted, treated the same. So I would hope at that point that my son had uh, had that mindset. I'm going to make it this, this whole situation worse just for a minute because I did forget to quote something that really mm-hmm. grinds my gears on this. As we've cited numerous times, Hannah and I have a strict no politics policy on this podcast. <laughs> Say that three times real fast. But this is where uh, if at any point you're willing to just say, okay, I can see both sides, you know, yada, 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 I can live with it. This is where it just, um, this is what makes it hard for me to let this go. So this gentleman um, has talked about basically saying he's getting support and that most people are understanding and they may not agree with what he has to say, but his, but they do agree with his right to say it, which is, I use key defense on this, but this is where he loses any iota of possible future credibility with me is so he published letters on his website, uh, that are supposedly from supporters. And this is one that he felt, you know, passionate enough to, to put on his website. It's a quote, do not let the thought police shut you down. The left wing media always tries to skew the truth. Keep fighting the fight for critical thinking. There it is. I mean, here is we're calling it hate speech, but he's not using it supposedly really as hate speech just to share his his less than significant thought process here. But he's saying that most of the email I get is positive and encouraging, awful, often from people who disagree with my opinions, but completely but respect my right to hold them. Um, and he's noted that his number of Twitter followers have also almost tripled as a direct result of this quote unquote kerfuffle. We found a way to go left, right on this one. And, you know, he's like, well, I'm getting more Twitter followers. It's like, yeah, we're all waiting to see what other stupid thing you do to help us, you know, help you hang yourself. You called it hate speech, but then all of a sudden we got this left versus right support coming in and trying to make it political. I, I just think it makes it more dangerous and it could actually escalate into something as far as, you know, what if they decide to have a demonstration about this on campus? If he's getting some of this hard right support, this could actually get ugly. I think they need to go after the guy. And I think he should be definitely not teaching in a classroom. I think he, if they want to not fire him and show that they can support their professors, even if they don't agree with what they have to say, I think he needs to be in an office with books and his laptop doing research. And, and that's it. I don't think he should be in a classroom talking to my daughters and sons at this point. I think he's lost that right. Yeah, I definitely understand your take on that, especially, I mean, I know that you do, you do have a daughter and I certainly know that you wouldn't want her to experience any type of hate 
uh, just based on the fact that she's a female. So I certainly appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. I think this whole story is, is I don't want to say fascinating, but it is fascinating because uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I think a lot of people disagree with the university. But again, I look forward to doing a little bit more digging and, and getting more information about this individual. And I agree with you. I think I think this guy gained Twitter followers because not because people agree with him, but they want to see what kind of train wreck he's going to get himself into next. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone wants to reach out to this gentleman, Eric Rasmussen on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at Iramuse, E-R-A-S-M-U-S-E. Feel free to share your thoughts with this gentleman, but I just, uh, I, I can't give this guy another second of my breath. So there it is. We have finally found out <laughs> what it takes to get McDanzig to shut the hell up. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,